wonder if we could put up on the uh, screen the book of Romans, the 11th chapter, at verse 29. I think that probably to many here tonight, you would understand that when we use the term gifts, Um, We're talking about that which is of a spiritual nature, okay? You may refer to somebody as saying, hey, they're really gifted. That's in a different sense. That probably more means they're really talented in various areas, naturally. But what we're talking about is something that is resident within the Holy Ghost. But uh, there's many declarations in the Scripture about giftings, and then Paul he uh, took one portion or a very large portion in Scripture and began to talk about gifts of the Spirit, concerning gifts of the Spirit, and then he went on to teach about various giftings of the Spirit operative in the body of Christ. Um, if If you have had opportunity to either view or listen to any of the recordings from the POS meeting back in uh, Maryland, uh, you would have heard uh, Bishop Wright use a term, uh, activated. Um, When we read about Paul's communication, I believe it was to Timothy, he talked to him about a stirring up of the gift He made references to his lineage. He made references to his grandmother. He made reference to his mother and then him. And then he talked about the the certainty of keeping the gift of God stirred up and operative, activated, in his life. Okay? Now, I'm 60 years old. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 22 years old. That was a long time ago. And when I first got the Holy Ghost, I spoke in tongues long enough to know I'd got the Holy Ghost. And then I didn't for a, quite a while. And it had something to do with my personality. It wasn't God's problem, and it wasn't the people around me's problem. It was my problem. And between me and the Lord, I worked through that. He helped me after a few months. And then I I gained a little bit more liberty of speaking in tongues or, let's say, praying in the Spirit. But I didn't do it very often. I would go to the prayer room before services uh, pretty much every time, you know, I was always there 30 minutes or so before the service. There were others there. And I would pray, but I would pretty much pray from the things that I felt like I should be praying about. So I was praying from my head. I was not allowing the Spirit of God or any giftings that might be operative in my life to be operative by praying in the Spirit and giving myself to this, okay? It would actually take me a long time. 
almost 15 years. Before I would gain such a freedom and such a liberty that I could begin to pray in the spirit at any given moment. Or I could even begin, I could, I could find a place of praying and communing with God through the day. More so than a segment of time of which I did have in the morning, but still I didn't stop. You know, I didn't stop when I left the church. And prayer seemed to, or, or let's call it now, let's move from prayer to communion. I'm communing with the Spirit of God, and it's going through the day. It's on my job. It's where I'm going. I'm in, it's in the car. It becomes a more normal experience for me through the day. Okay, so it, it had been a journey for me, right? And then I didn't really pursue. I I knew that the scripture talked about, uh, you know, pursuing spiritual gifts. It does speak about that. But I I don't know. I I just didn't feel like I wanted to, you know, go after something. I was more of the mind if God wanted it to be operating in my life, then he would operate it. But there were situations that he put me in that would trigger I'll give you, for instance, down at 6th Avenue, there's a mission across from Los Reyes. No, Tacos del Rey. The Taqueria, Tacos del Rey. Good tacos, little commercial here. Uh, and so I would go to the mission down there, and there were some things that happened early on. I was confronted with an individual, and I thought he was going to hit me, got really, really close in my face. And all of a sudden, I felt the rush come, and I began to speak in tongues right in his face. He was that close to me. Now, it's like it muted him, and he sat down. And then he got up, and he walked off, and, there, you know, that, that was a portion of the encounter and what would follow with him later on. But... It was then that I went to the church, shared it with my pastor, and he, and he said, just, just keep letting it happen, and boy, just keep letting it happen. Well, I didn't make it happen in the first place. I was kind of a victim of it, I thought. But through my experience and over the years, there were other situations, not often, not frequent, but periodically something, I would find myself in a situation And it was like I had a decision, yield to the Holy Ghost or don't yield. And as I would yield, I I, I guess my experience was that I felt like I was beginning to experience various giftings that were operating in my life, but it wasn't something that like I could operate on demand. At least I didn't think so. Now, you have to understand, I was a slow go. And even to this day, I feel like, uh, I don't know, if I've experienced various things and giftings operating. I've seen people heal miraculously. I saw a man's arm grow out right in front of me while I was speaking. And, uh, but it's just, it's not the regular everyday. It doesn't happen every day. Okay. But I will say. 
There were times that I encountered individuals that were seemingly far more involved in spiritual giftings operating in their life. And they would either speak something to me or they would lay hands on me and pray for me. And lo and behold, stuff would begin to happen, which encouraged me uh, to be more available to God. Uh, and and then learn to wait on God for the purpose, if if there was a purpose to be to be known. Okay, now I want to read this particular scripture to you. You can read it with me. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. When we come into the body of Christ being filled with his spirit, the call of God comes upon us to be a part of his body or let's use another term to go along with it, his kingdom in the earth while we're here. All right. Now, he said he's building his church. That's not necessarily what we relate things to when we talk about churches but he's building his church and he will catch away his bride which will be an accumulation of assemblies and believers from around the world these are bible terms and he is coming back to do so but in the meantime his church his body which is in the earth is operative on an ongoing basis with spiritual giftings operative in their life, which should be coupled together with the communication of the gospel. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Okay. When a, when a person becomes a believer, they believe that God robed himself in flesh, that spirit robed himself in flesh, came in the form of a servant or mankind in the Son of God. He was crucified, gave his life, surrendered his life. The scripture says, shed his blood. It wasn't spilt. It wasn't an accident. He shed his blood by surrendering himself, yielding himself in the garden not my will, but thine be done. And so mankind crucified him, nailed him to a cross. When the son of God died or the body, he was taken and buried in a tomb. And three days later, he was resurrected, came back alive, was seen of uh, many. I think the scripture said above 500 but was seen of many and so spent another, what was it, 40 days on the earth before, while he was talking to believers, was taken up. We use the term ascended. He was taken up. So the death, the burial, and the resurrection that I am to hear and respond to the gospel, you know, when the word of God is mixed with faith, then I believe. And so I become a believer. Now, 
People that became believers got baptized in the book of Mark. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So believers get baptized. Why? Because they are applying what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So it was the application of the death, burial, resurrection. Repentance is when I die out to self. Being Romans say we're buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So that's the resurrection power coming, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the new birth experience. This is the application of the gospel. Wow, didn't expect to go through all that. And so in this experience, let's get back to these giftings. Now, as a believer on the earth, I've been brought into the body of Christ. I am now a part of his kingdom in the earth. And he has a purpose and a plan. Now, listen to this. For me, but not just me. Because we are to be a building fitly framed together. That means we are coupled together with chosen believers by him. He places the members in the body as he wills. For me to fulfill God's plan in my life, I've got to find where that is. Chances are where he filled me with the Holy Ghost is probably where he led me to. Now, wow, I'm going to have to take a couple more minutes. So, I'm an alcoholic in New Jersey. I'm young. I'm 21 years old, but I'm drinking every day. I'm just outside of Trenton, 15 minutes. Okay. But my sister runs away, and that becomes my cue. Go home and be with mom So during this time. So I drive from New Jersey to Washington. And not long after I get here, God begins to coordinate my path to a place down by 1118 McKinley Avenue in Yakima to a little Pentecostal church. He used my friends, my co-workers, and their family members to get me to this place to hear the gospel, respond to Acts 238, to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to be baptized in water. In the name of Jesus Christ. Do you, can you, now listen, a year later, I go back to visit my dad in New Jersey. And so I'm kind of curious. So I look around, see, is there any United Pentecostal churches here in Trenton? Oh, look, right there, 444 Whitaker Avenue. I'm going to go visit. So I go find this little church. There's maybe 15 people there. Uh, first questions on the visitor's cards are, do you play piano? Do you play organ? And then I look up and realize nobody's on the piano and nobody's on the organ. They got no musicians. They got somebody with a tambourine. Okay? So it's kind of a primitive setting. And then when the pastor takes my card and reads it, oh, it's good to have a visitor today back here. And he reads Larry Schoonover. Well, three heads go, 
And it's three people that I used to drink with at the Central House Tavern. See, they got saved. I probably would have gotten saved there. But that's not where God had chose for me. See, there were specific people that I was to connect to. And for a season of time, you know, a long season, 15 years, that would not change. I remember having thoughts, you know, maybe I'll stick around here for like two years. Because that seemed like a long time for me to do anything. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'll be around this little church here for two years, and then I'll take off, you know. And I remember the adult Sunday school teacher getting up one day, and he said, he's teaching, and he's ministering, and he's saying, you may think you're only going to be here for two years, but it may be that you'll be here for 15 Until I was there for 15 years. Now, it was the Spirit of God that spoke that out. And, of course, I wouldn't fully recognize that until later on. But I realized then what God was trying to share with me and speak with me. Now, I don't know how I'm getting into all this. We understand by Paul's communication with Timothy that it's possible that whatever gifting that is purposed by God to be operative in my life, if it is not used, Scripture says by reason of use, our senses are exercised or we become more sensitive Our discernment becomes more keen through using it. Let me give you the natural parallel. You ever heard of a linguist? A linguist could hear you speak, you know, say a sentence, and he'd say, okay, uh, Tacoma, Southside, Tacoma, Washington, or, you know. In other words, by your speaking, he could tell you where you were from. Because his ear is keen through use, very sensitive. Now, the Lord showed me one time this in my own experience. I was down on First Street in Union Gap working in a fireworks booth. And a a Union Gap city truck pulled in. And two guys got out and they said a few words. And I said, where is... In Dover, New Jersey, are you from? How did you know? It came out of your mouth. And for whatever reason, it was that clear to me. Well, lo and behold, both of us had attended the same uh, Nazarene church on Hudson Street in Dover, New Jersey. We were just maybe a year or two apart from, you know, we knew the same like they had this older lady that took care of all the young kids in some class, you know, and we were both talking about her. But anyway, I thought, wow, this is so interesting that it could be so keen, my ear, to have known where this guy was from. And so the Bible says that by reason of use, our senses are, are uh, exercised or become more keen. So what happens if we don't, if they're not used? Would they become desensitized, possibly? 
less keen, maybe even dormant. Yeah, I think I've seen that through the years. In people's lives, people just attend to be an attender and come to services and are happy to be called, you know, Pentecostal and and that's where it goes. Okay. Now, let me let's go to our next scripture here. If if God has brought gifting into my life, spiritual gifting that he purposed to be operative for the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, this isn't to get me brownie points. This is for ministry to take place that edifies and builds up the spiritual body of Christ. All right? That's the purpose. And what if I just, you know, I get offended and I, Walk away. And I go on about my life. Just go to my job, do my job. And I disassociate myself with believers. I withdraw myself from the body. And I just do my own thing. Is that gifting still there? Or do we leave it at the church? No. According to the word, he does not withdraw the giftings and callings of God. They are not withdrawn. Let me read to you quickly out of the uh, living Bible. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. He will never go back on his promises. So what happens in that situation? Those giftings become dormant. They are given for the body. They're given for the whole. They're not given for just an individual. Okay. Let's go to Psalms 42, 6 through 8. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water pots. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Go back to verse 7. You'll hear people draw this portion out of scripture uh, various times, I believe, by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Referencing deep, calling unto deep. I remember the first time I heard that, and I thought, I, I, I don't know. Whoever was speaking it or preaching it, whatever he said, I was not getting. I was not understanding what that means. And uh, again, so through the years, I've heard deep calleth unto deep. 
I've also learned the concept that there, the Bible says there are deep things of the Holy Ghost. So if there is something in me, in my Holy Ghost experience, that is a spiritual experience. Things that are deep in God are spiritual. Okay? Now, for the cause of gifting tonight. Let's read one more. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7. I always read this scripture and thought, well, what that means is God is deep, surely. (laughs) And that he is reaching for a deep place in me. When I begin to meditate on this tonight, I saw something a little bit different. Let's read this. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. One more. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I I became aware and conscious while in prayer the other day of people that I have known for many years now they've had many trials through their lives but they walked away at one point now these were people who had obvious giftings in prayer the wife was used in intercession matter of fact there was a season that she and three other Individuals would come to the church every day for three hours and give themselves to intercessory prayer. This went on for several years. Every day, three hours. Now, what you would find interesting about this is one of these individuals was a, uh, we call them PKs, preacher's kid, Her dad was a pastor in Texas, and she never had a prayer experience. But something had become activated in her life, and she would give herself to prayer every day at the church for at least three hours. I will tell you this right now. Her and her husband, whether there's anybody else there or not, every day except Sunday... They come to church on Sunday. Every day, they are there giving themselves to prayer and the giftings that are operative in their life. Now, I'll tell you this. She's used in spiritual warfare in a great way. Okay? And sometimes it's best for her just to be alone 
in giving herself because sometimes people don't know what to think of it. And they become uncomfortable. Well, I feel protective of her. I feel protective of her because this gifting that is operating in the body of Christ. Matter of fact, this past Sunday or Yes, Sunday, in the prayer room, she began to allow herself to, to, def, uh, to enter warfare in her praying and beginning to speak against something that I felt like was so important for that day for the service that we were going to go into. There was powerful ministry that took place in that service that day. And I felt relative to she and another gal in the prayer room had accomplished something in the spirit that we all experienced or gained from. Okay. Whether you want to call it anointing, liberty, deliverance. There were, there were so many things that was happening in the service. I, I kept going back to the prayer room and what took place down there. So. I'm trying to change your concept. If your concept is, I'm just coming to church to get, and I got to, you know, I got to get here a little early and get into the prayer room so that I can prepare myself and be ready. See, that concept is all about me. I'm trying to help us to understand that we are a building fitly framed together, a holy habitation unto God, and we've got giftings that ought to be operating that affect the body of Christ. But we have to avail ourselves. We've got to give ourselves. We've got to give time. But I'll tell you what. There's a great place of fulfillment when you know when the anointing of God comes to you and upon you in prayer that something of the Spirit is being accomplished. Now, let's go back to this couple. They walked away in time. Things happened in their life. Can't explain everything. Everybody's got to make a decision and choices. And they made some choices. And so they are away. Well, there was an awareness that came to me as I was praying the other day and reflecting back to that time when that gifting was so operative every day. And here's, here's what came to me. If deep calls unto deep I may have started my prayer praying for them as a couple and them as individuals but here's where I went I began to speak to the giftings if the giftings are eternal or without repentance they're there to be used in the earth while we're here it is something to edify the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. And if I can call out, if a deep place in me in the Holy Ghost can begin to speak to the giftings, those things that are eternal, then I want to do it. If somehow they can be awakened. I, I, I can't explain it, but I turn my focus from the individual entirely and begin to call out for those giftings that are supposed to be operative in the body that would affect more than them, 
But it would affect them. That's just where my faith is. I, I, I want to do it. I want us tonight, not just them. There are others. Related to this assembly, there are others. And related to your lives. And I'm, I'm saying tonight, we need to speak. Praise God. Why don't we stand together? Amen. I feel a responsibility to read this scripture that just before service was dropped into my spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Maybe you can put that up there, Jeremiah. Since we're standing out. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. We've often used this scripture talking about heaven. That's not what it's talking about. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. God is prepared for them that love him. God's prepared things. Okay, so what does that mean? Verse number 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. That's what Bishop's been talking about. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now watch verse 12. Now. Everybody say now. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. He's writing to spirit-filled believers. We have received the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us. That's gifts. Of God. Of God. God's gift. Of God. There are people quickened to my spirit tonight as Bishop was sharing these things. Sister Priscilla, I thought of Monica as he was speaking. There is giftings in her life that the Lord is wanting to be operative in the body of Christ. And just as sure there are other people that God was quickening to your mind and your spirit. And we're going to pray, but we're going to pray differently as the Holy Ghost is already instructed through the ministry tonight. We're going to pray for the gifting that is in them that's without repentance that the Spirit of the Lord would reach and begin to stir that gift. Stir the gift. Come on, begin to enter into prayer right now. There's giftings in you to enter into intercession and prayer and warfare. Come on, call their name and speak to the gifting in their life. 
Father, by your spirit and according to your word, the gifting that's resident in Monica's life, you placed it there, Lord. You placed it without repentance. I pray the deep spirit of God would call upon that gifting placed within her life, that it be activated, come to fruition, to operate in the body according to your purpose and your will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be according to your purpose. I pray the gifting upon Carlos' life to reach into the lives of many. Father, you've given that to him. I pray this night, let the deep spirit of God call upon that place in his life. Let it be operative according to your will and your purpose. In the name of Jesus, 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 Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're here tonight and you have been used, if you've been used and you know it's not just a one or t- once in a while, but you know there's something in your life, the Lord can take you into a place of intercession, I'm going to ask you to come. Sister Brittany, I'm asking you to come. There's others. Just pray. Go ahead. Wait on the Holy Ghost and pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's others here. You need to stir up the gift that is within you. Stir up the gift that is within you. When there's nothing we're creating in our own ability. We're simply yielding to the Spirit of God that's resident.
In the name of Jesus.
Let's talk to the Lord. Jesus, God, your spirit is here right now. Jesus, we acknowledge you and your spirit that's here. Jesus, we can do nothing without you, God. We can do nothing without you, Lord Jesus. God, it's your spirit inside of us, Lord, that accomplishes every good work. It's your spirit inside of us, Jesus, that empowers us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Jesus in your name, Jesus in your name. Come on, let's press a little further into his spirit. Jesus, the deep things of your spirit are calling out to us tonight. God, you know every heart that's here right now. You know every spirit, Jesus. God, you know the gifts that reside over every vessel that's here right now. Jesus, Jesus, I pray, let them be stirred up, O oh God. Let them be activated, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to read just this one scripture so you can see what, what Bishop referenced tonight. Uh, Brother Gabriel, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Because in, in Corinthians where we read, it says, there are many gifts by the same Spirit. And so as I'm praying and I'm thinking, okay, whatever gifts are in me or in you or in a vessel, they are, they are by the Spirit. They're spiritually operated, they're spiritually activated, and they're spiritually manifested. But Paul says here to Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. How did the gift of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit of God... Get into Timothy by the putting on of hands of Paul. We call that impartation. The gift that's in you was imparted to you by the putting on of my hands. Now, it doesn't mean that Paul had all these, these gifts in his pocket. He said, okay, which one of these is going to be good for Timothy? Okay, good. We'll, we'll try this one. And he doesn't, he doesn't give it to him. That way, it's the spirit because they're spiritual gifts. So it was spiritually imparted. Paul was just the conduit, just the vessel that God used to impart those gifts to Timothy. If you've ever had that done to you, 
have to put it that way. If you've ever had hands laid on you and gifts imparted to you in that sense, then you, re- then you identify clearly what, what's happening here because there's a spiritual transfer. Now, if you've never, if, if somebody's never came to you and said, I'm going to impart to you a spiritual gift, that does not mean that you don't have spiritual gifts inside you. Okay, it, it, that's not what it means. Paul is just saying to Timothy, do you remember when this happened? Okay, there was giftings imparted there. Stir those up. Now, there are spirits, spiritual gifts that we have given to us by the Spirit. The Scripture says by the self-same Spirit. Okay, so I don't want anybody to feel like you have to sit there and feel left out because a preacher's never came and laid hands on you and imparted spiritual gifts to you. Okay? Don't feel left out if that's never happened to you. In fact, hang around long enough, present yourself long enough, and those gifts will become operative. And then all of a sudden, it'll just be a preacher that recognizes and identifies through the Spirit, this is the gift that's operating on you. Amen? Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, God, you're the giver of every good gift. Jesus, you're the giver of all that we need. God, and that includes the spiritual giftings. You've equipped us, you've called us to to fulfill your purpose in this hour in your kingdom. Jesus, your scripture says for us to covet the best gifts, Lord. God, I believe that is the cry of our spirit tonight. God, we want your gifts to be operative in us. Jesus, we need it in the body. We need it in the body. In the name of Jesus, come on, would you just search your spirit for a moment? Search your spirit right now. Jesus, I avail myself to you. Gods, you know even better than I do what's inside of my spirit. Jesus, I make it all available to you. You are the Lord. I make it all available to you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I avail myself to you, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I wonder what would happen if we left here coveting the best gifts. Earnestly coveting, as the scripture says. If we leave here thinking, some of us might leave here thinking, I don't even know what happened in there tonight. But I want to be a part of it. I want it to happen through me. That's what it means when the scripture says earnestly covet desire for those gifts to be in you. So that it can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Hmm. 
I don't even remember who it was at the pause meeting that pointed this out about when Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. If you look at the scripture, we know that's recorded in the Gospels because it's while Jesus, the man, was still on the earth. And he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And they didn't start speaking in tongues right then. Okay, but there was a there was a transfer that took place so that later when they spoke in tongues, they were fulfilling. Actually, I what I would say is they were receiving the Holy Ghost as Jesus breathed on them to happen. Earlier. There is that in the in the room tonight, the the breath of God, the breathing of. On all of us to receive. And he's saying, receive this. Receive this. We got kids in the room and Christmas is coming up. And if I, 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 how many of you have wrapped a present and already given it to your child and said, don't open this until Christmas? Most of us probably wouldn't do that. Right? You'd make a really rough December on them and yourself. But it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar to what's taken place here tonight and has been for some time now in, the, in our church. Receiving. We're receiving. The thing is, God's the one that gets to open that up. What he puts inside of me. Then he can come back along, I don't know, it might be three weeks from now, and say, hey, remember, I, I, there's a gift I hid somewhere in here. Let's open that up. Let's, let's, let's see. And, and, then what, and then it's for with all. It's for everybody. It's going to profit everybody, not just ourselves. Let's receive it. Jesus... God, we receive from you tonight, God, every good work that you're trying to do in us. Jesus, I open up my spirit right now, God. I lay hold on it and I claim it tonight in the name of Jesus. God, it's an expression of my faith right now to say that I'm receiving, God, from you the gifts that you're desiring to give so that they could be operative through me. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it, God. Jesus, there's nothing I could do to earn it or to deserve it on my own, but I'm thankful, Jesus, for this opportunity, Lord, to receive from you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's one more thing I'm going to say along these lines, because in the pause meeting, I touched on this a few weeks ago, uh, one night, those of us from our group were called up to the front. And we were prayed uh, over, had gifts imparted to us. And then after that, there was teaching about it. And the biggest takeaway that I got from that was every single time you think the Lord might even possibly be interested in operating that you have to tell him if you want to operate that right now i'm availing it to you i'm making it available to you
that gift that you hid somewhere inside of here, you know right where it is, and you can come and open it right now and disperse of it how you would. Use it how you would. If I don't have that mindset, I don't, I don't know what, I, what I'd be expecting. I don't want to have this hidden in me and not used. So I encourage you. It doesn't have to just be every time we come to church. This is not a twice a week thing, okay? This is an ongoing part of your communion with the Lord. Anytime in communion, if you just start by saying, do what you want to do in me. I make myself available. I make the giftings available to you because they're your giftings. Amen? Elder, anything else? Bishop? Amen. Greet one another and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.